Welcome to the Red Letter Christians podcast. Red Letter Christians gets our name from the Bibles that highlight the words of Jesus in red. And we're aspiring to live as if Jesus meant the stuff he said. We know that the loudest, most prominent voices representing Christianity in America haven't always been the most beautiful or the most faithful voices. And we know that the way we change the narrative is by changing the narrators. We are committed to amplifying the voices of people who are dedicated to Jesus and to justice. How much longer will justice when a lawless... Hello, everybody. This is Shane Claiborne. Thanks so much for joining us uh, this week. We've got a great conversation we're going to have. Uh, I've got Faith Van Horn, who's the co-executive director of Red Letter Christians over in the UK. And we've got our friend uh, Dave Mann, who has been doing all kinds of wonderful stuff uh, together with his wife, Sally. First, let me uh, let me bring in Faith here, who's been uh, heading up things over in the UK. Faith, good to see you. Good to hear you. Yeah, good to see and hear from you too, Shane. Good to be here. And so we've we've been we've been doing this little Advent season. You know, not everybody maybe listening knows what Advent is, but it it means the coming, and it's uh, something that the church has celebrated for hundreds of years. This season where we remember uh, Jesus, uh, especially you know, culminating in Christmas, Christmas, but more than just a day to remember what Jesus has done and is doing and wants to do in the world. So we had this little series going, right? Faith that was. Uh, mm-hmm that each week we remembered, uh, you know, sometimes we sing at Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us, the mm-hmm. Prince of Peace, that Jesus came to us, uh, but not just in any way. Jesus came to us as a homeless baby and invites us, just as Jesus showed up, for that we're to show up for homeless babies and uh, poor and low-income families uh, today. Uh, We remember that Jesus shows up with brown skin, so we should show up for racial justice. Jesus showed up as a refugee, so we should show up for refugees and immigrants. We had all these really powerful videos, but y'all were doing some of that too. Tell us what Advents look like for, for you guys, Faith. Yeah, so we were a little different. Uh, rather than a video, so we shared that theme with you. God shows up for us. Now let's show up for God. And uh, we produced a daily Advent calendar. So this was a calendar with daily reflections and uh, actions to take. So uh, combining, you know, doctrine with feet on the ground, with um, spiritual practices to, you know, align our affections rightly. So it was a uh, really kind of a holistic daily resource for Advent. And I, I loved getting to do that. And we shared that with uh, folks and churches did that as a community, community project together. They would light the candles. And um, yeah, so that was really great. That's awesome. And I, I love, you know, what we're trying to do is keep a cohesive movement across the pond thing. And, and, and there's several other countries too, where this is sort of bubbling up because some of the same principalities and powers we are seeing around the world. And uh, a lot of people that are really hungry, like we are for a Christianity that uh, reminds people of Jesus again. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. After. Well, let me bring Dave in. So it's good to see you, man. So Dave, man is uh co-director of Red Letter Christians in the UK. He's been in leadership, in church leadership for over three uh, decades. Uh, and, and before that was a journalist, but I've been there uh, 
to Bonnie Downs, where he and Sally, his wife, are doing beautiful ministry. He's on a number of different charity boards and helps do all kinds of really, really great work. Uh, But we're going to talk specifically about what's happening in the Ukraine in a minute, because Dave's been doing some stuff over there and uh, just returned from a trip uh, to Ukraine. But uh, it's good to see you, man. Great to see you. Thanks, Shane. And I guess we, we, you know, as we think towards 2023, there are many things we're looking forward to. But one of them is uh, I'm looking forward to coming over there with you guys. I, I don't know if either of you want to say, you know, what some of the stuff that we'll be doing and, um, in, you know, in a few months. Yeah, Dave, why don't you take that one? <laughs> yeah, well, we're looking forward to having you as well, Shane. And we, I think, entertained you in 2019 and w- with Tony Campolo looking to kick off Red Letter Christians UK. and that momentum was disrupted significantly by COVID. And so we're hoping that this June that we'll be able to get around different parts of the UK so that we're generally uh, a national uh, and international in terms of a Scotland and Wales movement and that we can really mobilise people towards Jesus and justice. Yeah. And uh, so we'll, we'll be doing a, a bunch of different cities, I guess. But the thing that's really cool is, Everybody that you bring together, it's similar here in the U.S., is are not just people that are writing books and have ideas, but they're people that really have their feet on the ground and that are doing really imaginative, beautiful, redemptive work. Uh, and, you know, we we did some of that when we were over there before. I remember we turned uh, Amnesty Knives into a uh, uh, a beetle, right? What was it? The, the <laughs> That's right. Well, we got swords and knives that have been seized off the streets and one of our young footballers was killed on the football field where we actually then beat the knives into this sculpture and we allowed a local blacksmith to do the design and perhaps it wasn't the most beautiful of creations, but it was a symbol of turning something terrible uh, into something, uh, uh, well, at least beautiful in some people's eyes. (laughs) (laughs) The dung beetle, a creature of the Lord. (laughs) But I remember all of those uh, I mean, there are hundreds of young people that were uh, there that day doing, um, you know, playing soccer and football. And, 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 you know, you had reclaimed this lot that had been overtaken by weeds and rubbish, you know, rubbish and everything. And it was just well, yeah, incredible. Yeah. 30 years ago, I started part time in the church because we didn't have enough money for a full time pastor. Uh, within a year, uh, we baptized a dozen people and I said, look, we need to step out in faith again. I want to go full time. And I was really looking forward to pastoring the church. And, um, but within the year, we had an opportunity to take on a disused community centre, which was had been a drinking club, drugs den, and also a nine acre playing field. So that's four soccer pitches. And um, yeah, so my pastoring a church took a very unusual turn right at the beginning. And really, we've been pastoring our community and bringing back uh, facilities, but in order to reach out to people outside the church and to give them, it helped them to enjoy life to the full, um, not necessarily in the order of responding to the gospel, but being able to do healthy uh, community-based things uh, in order then to build relationships that then lead on to con- uh, discussions about Jesus. 
Yeah, and, and Faith, that feels like something that the church has had to do in the, the COVID and everything is sort of have a, a little bit of a sense of new imagination of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks have said one of the things that, that we've taken away from this is it's less about how to get people into buildings and how to get our faith into the streets and into the mm-hmm. homes and into the neighborhoods that are around us. And uh, maybe it is one of those times where it feels like uh, a lot of growing pains right now, but uh, but mm-hmm. in, in the future, I think there's going to be a lot of really beautiful stuff that comes out of creative, faithful living in the world. Uh, is that kind of what you're seeing over there? What are some of the expressions that you see uh, happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that's absolutely right. So uh, we saw that at Red Letter Christians uh, UK as well um, with uh, Danielle and Naomi, the previous co-directors, the way that they really uh, shepherded uh, Red Letter Christians UK through that time and um, doing a lot with um, online work to reach out to people on the streets. So um, yeah, that was great. And yeah, I think you're absolutely right that um, we might not know the shape that it's going to take, but there's definitely been some shaking up going on with COVID and maybe shaking away some things that um, might not have been as healthy as they could have been and trying to look for a new form. And I think just, yeah, looking out for the ways that people are kind of creatively engaging and beginning to be be able to connect again in the past year. I'm, I'm excited to see the form that'll take. We're going to be doing some stuff uh, with uh, Red Letter Christians UK in January. So we're going to be having an in-person writing and spirituality retreat. Mm. And uh, that's going to be bringing together those activists who've been on the ground to tell their stories about Jesus and justice. So that's going to be a really um, important and exciting way that we're going to see people in all areas of activism at with homelessness, with racial justice, with all sorts of Jesus and justice issues coming together and producing something. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, pumped about it. And the stats are really alarming over here of like uh, congregations that haven't been able to kind of bounce back and have people Mm -hmm. attending again. A lot of them seem like they may not um, sort of uh, reopen some of the congregations. Um, And I know that, you know, the, the, the church in the UK has uh, its own kind of complexities whenever I'm over there, you know, seeing the state church and seeing some of the conversations around sexuality or, um, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of us are watching the Harry and, uh, you know, Megan film. And <laughs> the, I mean, we you kind of look at our politics and you go, you guys have lost your mind. And we look at the crown and the royalty and we're kind of like, wow, this is absolutely bizarre and fascinating. But, um, you know, what what do you what, what do you see as you kind of take the pulse on things as, as far as. Uh, um, is, is that somewhere over there that some of these, you know, especially the Anglican churches and stuff, it's, it's kind of hard to find mm. its way forward these days, right? Yeah, it's a similar issue, I think, between here and Ukraine in that we, it helps us to define what it means to be citizens of God's rule of love rather than mm. citizens of the world. And mm. I'm personally an anti-monarchist, I think. The Bible's very clear, monarchy is not a good idea. And the monarchy for me is the linchpin of the old colonialism and empire and of our class system as well, which is the opposite of what God would want. And so the challenge for us is to live out God's rule of love, the Kennedy of God, um, and to challenge the ways that Christianity compromises with the empires of this world. Mm. Uh, that's 
easy as a Baptist to say because we're um, not linked <laughs> in with those structures in the same way. And but uh, and I thank God for my Anglican brothers and sisters who are able to uh, steer that course. But I, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, mercy. I know I've you know I've been over there and I love Justin and Chris at Russell and all the folks there at Lambeth Palace. But and it's just it's beautiful to try to dream and figure this out together. Um, and uh, so let me just pause to say, first of all, thanks everybody for listening in. I'm sure some of you are listening to this on the radio, others on the podcast, but uh, it's a wonderful excuse to hang out with uh, Faith Van Horn and Dave Mann over in the UK, uh, both a part of Red Letter Christians. And we uh, wanted specifically to to talk to Dave about what's happening in Ukraine. I think that's really heavy on our hearts. Uh, as we're recording this, President Zelensky had just spoken to uh, Congress here in the U.S., and a lot of a lot of people are very concerned about the escalation of violence and even you know um, the role that the U.S. could play to. Um, make a larger capacity for violence. Uh, I mean, it just feels like this thing that's really hard for anyone who loves Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to figure out what we can really concretely do. I had another person on the show, Dave, too, and Faith, I don't know that you if you saw them, but they're organizing groups of Christians to go over for an encampment um, outside of the nuclear facility to, to try to um, have a uh, a, a, a kind of physical presence there that might discourage the bombing and the escalation of nuclear weapons. Uh, mm. But all that to say, it's it's quite a mess. And Dave, you've done a lot of work over there with Ukraine Evangelical Theological Seminary, uh, just took a recent trip over to Ukraine. So um, tell us a little bit of the backdrop, but also as you're kind of trying to uh, help us prayerfully find a way forward, what you're thinking. Yeah, well, in in the old Soviet Union days, there was a very clear differential between the church and the state, and the state, totalitarian state, provided all of the services and, in a way, didn't want people to think. They just wanted people to do what they were told. And so the seminary, particularly since the Ukrainian revolution in 2014, but also when Russia invaded part of it, have been working through what it means to be a citizen of God's rule of love. And uh, so they, they called myself and Ash Barker, our friend and colleague from Seedbed UK, to go and to, to teach and to try to inspire um, in holistic mission. So that's, for me, community organisation leading to church planting, but it's working from where people are at rather than where we think they should be at. And it's working with people rather than trying to do things for people and to people. And so uh, I was there this time or just over a year ago when the Russian troops were massing on the Belarusian border. And I offered to go back in the springtime, but uh, wouldn't have been much practical use there. They had enough drivers and enough vehicles. And as a, an English person without being able to speak the language, I just probably would have got in the way. But this autumn, Ash and I were able to go back and to encourage and to inspire the team there in how they work through the idea of God's rule of love and holistic mission in the midst of war. And it was beautiful to see just how they'd responded and how God had used them, how God was blessing, not just the practical things they were doing, but the church was growing there in the midst of war. Mm. Mm. 
And and as you as you were talking with folks there, is it a really um, diverse ecosystem of Christianity? I mean, is it or is it mostly mostly Orthodox folks? Is it uh, non-denominational folks? All of the above? Because I think a lot of us see this monolithic or you know the church there as really complicit with the Russian um, violence and war, and it's hard to understand how the church isn't more a, pr- a prophetic voice, but that's easy for us to say over here, you know. <laughs> well, there's a distinction between the Ukrainian Orthodox Church and the Russian Orthodox Church, and the Russian Orthodox Church has thrown its full weight behind Putin. Uh, that's very different to the Ukrainian Orthodox right. Church. But effectively, the Russian Orthodox Church is dead in Ukraine from now on. They will never be able to recover. Um, but there is a unity among the other churches and I was very pleased to see Justin Welby visited recently as well. Uh, I would have loved the Pope to have gone there in the midst of the, the bombing of the first part of the war because that would have st- said a very powerful message. But um, generally, the church is united, um, and, and which is, is very encouraging to see. They, they kind of seem to keep a pretty short leash on the Pope. Uh, I think Pope Francis is pretty uh, pretty amped to get go to places like that. And it seemed, you know, it was really moving to see him uh, so troubled and uh, deeply hurt by what's happening. I mean, he's, he's been this sort of steady voice against violence in so many forms. Um, Faith, what, what about you as you're, you're kind of looking at all this? Have you you've seen some other courageous places that the church has stepped up? Mm. Well, I'm afraid um, this is one of the places where it's going to become highlighted that I'm um, more of an academic. So um, I continue to be really inspired by what Dave is doing and what Ash is doing. So um, one of the one of the reasons we're having this chat is because at our blog at Red Letter Christians UK, we're sharing Ash's journals of his time in Kiev. And so, um, yeah, I'm I'm just really impressed by uh, what I'm seeing with Dave and Sally and the folks who are more on the ground and getting their feet in there. And um, for example, um, I just like, you know, just to share an anecdote about, uh, so every Monday through Friday, Bonnie Downs does a morning meditation, which I'm part of. And um, it's just for 20 minutes in the morning. And so we do some scripture reading, some silent meditation, so some Lectio Divina and people join on Facebook live. And so one morning while Dave was over there, um, I was on the chat, Sally was leading, and uh, this was a morning when we saw on the news that um, there was especially heavy fighting going on in Kiev. there was bombing, and we saw Dave pop up in the chat in the morning, and everyone's like, Dave, are you okay? Are you coming from a bunker? And so um, one of the reasons I wanted to have this talk was just to hear more about like Dave's uh, contributions and experiences. So like Dave, um, I was hoping you could share like what a what a typical day was for you there, uh, what was atypical, and like just that day of that experience, that was just really inspiring for me to be like, you're going through that, and you're still popping up for a morning prayer and meditation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's lovely. We're actually going to widen that meditation out for people from the whole of Red Letter Christians UK, so we're going to be doing a a daily 8 o'clock, 20-minute reflection uh, on Facebook Live, which would be uh, really good because that's been so helpful. And so I, I would have missed it. And uh, it was actually the first Monday I was there. And you, you get to used to uh, explosions m- most of the time, uh, which are the Ukrainian army blowing up mines that were left by the Russians or were unused munitions. 
And so you, you, you get to recognise a certain sort of bang. But on the Monday morning when we were due to start our teaching, there was really significant explosions, which was actually anti-aircraft fire. And then uh, at 10 past eight in the morning, it's the first weekday morning I was there, there was this massive explosion and, and the lights immediately went out and um, a cruise missile had hit the power station just 10 miles away in Kiev. And um, so I, I then, rather than looking for a bunker to go, I went to go and try and find somebody else to talk to. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, within about 20 minutes, my phone went mad, beeping, and there was this emergency message in Ukrainian, uh, which I had no idea what it meant, but it, it was really useful to have it 20 minutes after the bomb had hit. Uh, but some of our colleagues decided not to travel um, with Ash and myself. And um, when Ash and I were talking, we said, is it safe? Do you want us to come? And they said, well, it's not safe, but we've got used to it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so the reason we decided to go was because we wanted to stand alongside our brothers and, uh, and sisters who we've uh, become friends with. And it was lovely because when we arrived, they said, yours is a healing presence. It shows mm. that we're not on our own. And I think standing with people in the midst of those sort of struggles uh, is really important. And um, we asked them what were the secrets of helping them to get through. And they said friendship was the first thing. And then mm. theology, wrestling with where God was in this and, um, and uh, often disagreeing about that. Uh, and then finally, humour um, and, and uh, even looking for the silver lining in the darkest of situations. But it was uh, inspiring to see. Um, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, oh, sorry, Faith. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Dave, I was just uh, yeah, I wanted to ask since you mentioned theology, since um, you know, I'm doing um, I'm working on a Ph.D. in theology. And I'm always fascinated because you can get really kind of disconnected from like the way that gets lived out if you're just looking in books. And um, I wanted to ask, like, how has your theology, like how has being on the ground in Ukraine and your various experiences and places of war, how has that influenced your own theology of uh, war, where the church is and where God is in that? Well, I've just joined in the struggle with our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and um, it, it was interesting, uh, Fyodor, who's the, uh, and Ivan, the dean of uh, the seminary there, that it was saying that when people say they're pacifists, he asks where they're from. And he says, actually, it's very easy to be a pacifist in a country that's at peace, but it's a lot more difficult to work your theology out when you're in the midst of a, a war and brutal attack. And, um, yeah, he, he, he said that... Um, he doesn't fight or he doesn't condone fighting because he hates Russians, but because he loves his own people. And uh, Ivan's flat was ransacked by Russian invading soldiers. Um, now at the end or, of, of the year, uh, women that were raped, I have in Russian soldiers, babies. And so there are huge struggles and implications there. Um, and so it's, and when you see the devastation that, that, that was uh, committed and, and we went past the bridge where the mother was shot with the 26-year-old a theological student trying to carry her case away from safety. And mm. it, it just, when I was, you have to go into Ukraine on the train and I, I was 
helping families who were going back with massive of um, uh, cases and things like that. And the fear in their eyes was uh, really significant. So um, my uh, feeling is that we, the, the theological uh, reflection should just push us to work for peace in our own communities, in our world, and be um, really proactive in uh, trying to bring reconciliation rather than allowing wars to develop in the future. That's a good word. I, I was thinking that, you know, the, the, the kind of vision that gave birth to the Christian peacemaker teams that I was in Iraq with was, was that we've got to have as much courage for the cross as people have had for the sword or the bomb and got to, you know, act like we believe that love is a more powerful force than, than hatred and violence. And uh, that's a really challenging thing. Um, I, I was wondering in the last, we just got one minute, Dave, if you could say, you know, for folks that aren't going to go to Ukraine, are, are there things that people can be doing right now, you know, other than pray? I mean, are there folks welcoming um, Ukrainian refugees or other things that people can do in the UK? Yes, there's a scheme where people can take in refugees. I, I think there may be a new uh, influx if the war carries on for a long period of time. And but uh, you can give money and it is amazing to see how the uh, YETS, the Ukrainian seminaries, um, uh, yeah, providing loads of humanitarian aid to the war zone. And so mm. uh, maybe we can find a way of posting the, the way to give money to that and that you can be assured that they're using that for the best possible use. It's Great. Well, well, we'll put a dot, dot, dot on the end of the conversation here. And uh, we're so grateful always to see you, Dave, and Faith. And we're grateful for all of you listening from all over the world. And we'll be thinking uh, continually of, our, of the, the conflict in, in Russia and Ukraine and, and praying for peace and working for peace. So thanks for listening in. This is Shane Claiborne. And uh, we're looking forward to all that 2023 holds for us. Thanks, Shane. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Red Letter Christians podcast. Too often, Christians have used our faith as a ticket into heaven and a license to ignore the world we live in. But at Red Letter Christians, we believe our faith is not just about going to heaven when we die, but also about bringing heaven to earth while we live. For more information on Red Letter Christians and upcoming events, additional resources, you can go to the show notes or our website, redletterchristians.org. You can also support Red Letter Christians by giving a one-time donation or becoming a monthly sustainer. Just go to our website and click the red donate button. Thank you for being a part of this conversation and for being a part of this movement.